Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. You know how we do it, Chatham. Super Tuesdays, right here on WKBY 1080 AM. I'm excited. And yes, we are going to be getting to part two of the Jocelyn's family interview. I've been getting a lot of feedback and a lot of input, and I really appreciate you guys for really chiming in and getting with this thing. This topic was, this was, this was tough. I, again, I, I never imagined a an interview quite like this. That's why I know the Lord is doing some things in this season that I, I'm not going to even do anything to stand in the way of. And as I was preparing to finish, I called Tamara and I said, hey, what do you think? What do you have in mind? And because the interview only has about maybe 30 minutes left and I had to kind of put it together in a way to finish that made sense. And I didn't want to just lead with the show and then leave this gap on the end. Because just the way that the Lord moved to forward to close, it just seemed so so unfair just to kind of play it and just let it fall like that and then figure out something to say. So Tamara gave me some points to that she wanted to make sure that I touched on to close out and really kind of put a bow on this thing. So I figured, you know, Lord, what, how, do, how do I do this thing? Where do, where do we place it? And the Lord, the Lord really showed that we should put that up front. So there's a couple of points I'm going to go over first, and then I am going to play the rest of the interview. So it's only, like I said, it's I'm only going to do about maybe 10 or 12 minutes here and uh, of, of talking and commenting and closing and summing up, and then we'll get to the interview, and I'll, I probably will play the whole thing commercial-free to really get that impact and just take it on home. So one of the points that Tamara wanted me to ask and add here is, when you're facing grief of whatever type, especially this type of grief, when we're talking about, for those, let's just give a recap for those who may have missed last week's episode. And the Johnson family, Dwayne and Tamara, they, they were sharing their their grief and about the loss and telling their story of the loss of their unborn son, Nathaniel. They lost him at 16 weeks and a few days. And just listening to that episode and on WKBY 1080 AM and listening to the prep as I was doing the edit for the show airing, it really just made my, the hairs on my arms and neck just stand up because not because they had a death. There's, there's many people that have had deaths and, and losses before. And the, the situation by which there's loss of Nathaniel came about was, may have been similar to some other people. But for me, I had never experienced a loss of that type. I had never spoken with anyone and, and had a, an open and frank, transparent conversation with anyone that's lost a child before. I didn't get a chance to have that conversation with my mom. My mother lost what would have been my first sibling. Nine months into childbirth, she lost him. One of Tamara's points was that parents name your child. Say your baby's name. Write it down. My family, I didn't know the child's name. I don't. And now, that, that, I'm not saying my mother didn't name him. I'm sure that that, that child had a name. I'm, I'm sure that my mother and father knew, especially the ninth month, what that child's name was. I know that the sex was a male, so it, was, it would have been my oldest brother. But I personally don't remember what the child's name was. Definitely can't say would have been because the child was named. He has a name. He had a name. He was given a name. So that's one thing I need to go back to my siblings and find out. Do you know what the name of that child or oldest brother would have been or was, to be quite proper? 
Tamara want to make sure that we didn't avoid the names, didn't strike him from the record, because it becomes this black hole in our lives. It becomes something we don't talk about. It becomes that elephant in the room. And, and we've got enough elephants and in, in, in wildlife in our rooms and in our, are hanging around us right now that we don't need another. So we, we just need to make sure that we put a name to this thing, put a, put a bow on it, and, and give it life because it, it has life. Are the, are the situations in our life have life, even though they're dead, they have life. So if you've lost a child, Tamara and Dwayne encourage us, encourage you to name your child, say the baby's name out loud, write it down, make it a permanent part of the record. Don't walk around the issue. She also encourages those who are supporting those who've suffered a great loss. It's okay to say the baby's name, but you know what's even better? It's okay to talk to those who are hurting, not just those, not just those who are hurting due to the loss of a child, but those who've lost a loved one. It's okay to talk to us. It's don't avoid us. We don't have the plague and and we, we, we laugh because I've had that situation before when I've talked to people, they've said to me, I just didn't know what to say to you. And, and that makes sense. I, I get it. Before I, I was in this position of loss of my wife and having to move on with life and, and keep going, I've had people, I, I didn't know what to say to people either who were in that same position. But now that I've come to a, an understanding of what loss means on every level, well, let me make sure we're clear. I don't know what loss means on every level, but at least I know what loss is. And so for me, my body response to loss or the losses I've had since my wife, the same way as when I lost my wife. So my body doesn't know the difference, but my mind does. So the same feelings and symptoms and hurt and pain and that I go through when I hear about some of the loss or, or experience a different loss is the same as the same type of losses when my wife passed away physically. But mentally, my mind knows and understands the difference. But feelings are the same. So when you find a person that you're supporting, a good friend of yours, or a person that you know in casual passing, or someone that you served in ministry with, a family member, a spouse, and the opposite side of the parenting, don't avoid each other. Don't avoid us. We have names still. We, we can still talk with you. We haven't changed our language at all. We still speak the same language that we spoke before the death, before the loss. And if you don't know what to say, it's okay. It's, it's fine to say, you know what? I don't know what to say. I've learned that for myself because of, uh, some friends of ours had suffered a, a great loss of an odd type, more of a loss of a job and part of a career before they do a career change. And I was able to talk to that person's wife when I saw him at an event. And then I was representing and doing you know production for that event. And I made a point to go up and say to her because I, I didn't know what to do. I was wrestling with it. And before I even spoke to her, I was like, Lord, what do I do? I don't want to you know, do like people did to me and avoid me and pretend like it never happened. And, 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 and that to me is more disrespectful than anything else. And so I walked up to her and I said, you know what? Please forgive my awkwardness. But I don't know what to say. So I'll just say this. I'm not avoiding you. I'm dealing with the elephant in the room right now. It's, I'm sorry for what had happened. But I'm also here to stand in my post to do exactly what I'm supposed to do. Is there anything that I can do for you besides doing what I was supposed to do to support you? And it was okay. It diffused the situation. And then she says she appreciated it. And I appreciated it too because I felt like the biggest fool in the world because I didn't know what to say. I'm, I'm usually a composed person. I'm usually, 
I don't like live shows. I don't like live events because there's no way I can kind of get my thoughts together the way I want to and write them down. I'm a writer. I like to write things down. I like to hear from the Lord and go from there. I don't want to hear from myself. I want to be able to get things tailored and polished. But when you're in those moments, when you are in a live environment, live fire, so to speak, you have to listen to the Lord quicker, faster, be slow to speak, and quicker to hear from God. Another point that Tamara wanted me to make sure that I stressed to the listeners is that we should get help. Ask for help, especially in the, in the African-American community. There's, there seems to be such a taboo around seeking professional help, whether it be psychiatry or uh, therapy or therapists or psychiatrists. The only trick about it is that you have to do it. And people say, well, what's the trickery? Well, I mean, can it be done through your insurance policies, through your health insurance, medical insurance, or do you have to go pay for it? Are there some free clinics that you can go to, or is there something that you can budget in? Because we, we budget to pay for everything else, whether it be expensive shoes, expensive clothes, you know, the fancy drinks we go have, whether it be the Starbucks or the other or the dark flavored drinks that have alcohol in them. If we want something bad enough, we'll get it done. And we need to think of mental health as a priority for Everyone, no culture, no, no ethnic group has a lock on sanity. Everyone needs to be in their right mind. The, the Lord wants us to be in, the, in our right mind. We, we are made in his image and our Lord isn't crazy and our, our Lord doesn't want us to be crazy. The Lord doesn't want us to, to be isolated. The Lord had given me a word years ago that Vacations or islands are for vacation, not isolation. So it's a, it's something that we need to not put ourselves on. And, and men, we do that very often. We'll put ourselves on islands by ourselves because we don't want people to see us in a position that we're not on point. I get it. I fall into that same category, not just because I'm a man, but because I wanted to be, make sure that even like being live, I don't want to have my words be misspoken. I don't want to have a lot of, hmm, uh, what am I going to say next? But when the Lord is leading your life, leading our life, leading us from one step to the other, showing us where he's, where he is and leading us to where he's going, he's going to give us the words to say. He's going to take us to the professionals that can help us. Okay, yeah, they may provide, you know, prescribed drugs for us to take to, to settle our anxiety. I get it. There's, there's some issues that we may need to go through. There's some things that we may need to do. There's some, some of that, because part of our healing can come from a, a standpoint that it is man-made. But yes, it was also inspired by the Lord to, to, to create that healing for us. Now, if we decide to over-prescribe and over-indulge and get ourselves into a position that we're over, over medicated. That's our fault because we've decided to take more than what the prescription said on the front. So we have to be mindful and be accountable. And if, along this way of asking for help, find out from a trusted friend, hey, will you walk this line with me? This is what I'm going through. I'm, I'm going to go seek professional help. But at the same time, I need someone to hold me accountable, to, to walk alongside me. Someone that, 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 that's there for you and didn't turn their back on you when you had trouble, when you had a vulnerability when you had a breakdown after your breakup and lost it there's somebody that was there or there's got to be more than one person or at least one person that was there that stood by you when you were at the lowest point when you couldn't even stand by yourself or for yourself i've got a couple of really good friends of mine that were able to stand for me when i couldn't stand on my own 
picture the Lord's given me in my mind is when a player goes down on any type of sporting event, whether it's football or basketball. I remember I was a, I always followed Kellen Winslow Sr. as he was a tight end for the, at that point, the San Diego Chargers. And I remember he, he was a great, you know, he was a great catcher of the ball. I don't say catcher of the ball. You don't want to say receiver because he was a tight end, so let's make sure we get it right. Man, I used to want to, I used to want to play football. And I used to want to play tight end just like him because he caught, he seemed to have caught everything that came his way. But I remember there was a game that he gave everything to his team. And he left it out there on the field. I don't remember the exact situation in the season, but I just remember he, the ball was snapped and he ran his route like he probably had run hundreds of times, maybe even thousands of times. I don't know. But I do remember when he turned and caught the, he caught the ball like he normally does. He pulled an insecurity. As he turned up field, he was hit by a defender right in his knee. Lay down on the field. I'm sure he was in excruciating pain. I watched and felt a little pain in my own body because it's like, oh man, that was a person I looked up to and man, he's laid out there on the field. I hope he's okay. Come on, man, get up. You're okay. You're okay. But he didn't get up on his own. I remember teammates helped carry him off the field. We need to have those type of people in our lives like Moses did when Aaron and the other character held up his arms so the battle could be won. Because if we don't have those people in our lives, if we don't allow people in our lives to help us, we're going to lose. In some cases, we're going to lose big, especially when it comes to family loss of our children and the, the things that we're responsible for and those who are depending upon us. We can't afford to lose those battles. Not every single one of them. We can lose some fights, but we can't lose the war, the final battle. So if you're a person who's helping a person with a loss and they're, that, that person who's lost, they, you know, somebody, sometimes they're just not going to be the most cordial person. They're not going to be the most excited person. They're not going to be the same person that you met and that you knew before the catastrophe. Because we're different. We can't help it. We'll never be the same. But what we become can still be greater if the next point is true that Tamara wanted us to make is don't try to numb out our pain with vices. Because as we're trying to figure out who we are now after the losses, who we are now after the pain, as we're trying to figure out what is next, because we can't go back to the, in our case, in my case, being married, I can't go back to two becoming one with that one because she's gone. I can go to two become one with the next one who's the right one, but I can't be with everyone. And as, you, as I'm trying to figure out what's next, and as Dwayne and Tamara are trying to figure out what's next with the loss of their child, and as you've tried to find out what's next with the loss of a parent or whatever you lost, house, car, whatever it is, the pain can be great. But Tamara wanted to make sure that we all knew to not run from grief. Because you know what? <laughs> it will patiently wait for you. When she said that to me on that call, I was like, man, that was deep. So I can't take any credit for that quote. That's her, That was Tamara Johnson. She says, don't run from grief. Because if you do, it'll patiently wait for you. And you will have to eventually deal with it, was her final point. 
because grief has stages and I'm not going to go into the stages of grief during this broadcast. I'm, I'm coming to a close of this segment here because the interview is going to come up after the next commercial break. But we have to go through grief. There's no wrong, well, let me just say it the right way. There's not necessarily a right way to grieve, but there's always a wrong way to grieve. We need to make sure that we always are listening to the Lord for what he's about to do, what he's doing in our lives. And again, after this broadcast, after this uh, commercial break, I should say, you're going to hear the conclusion of the interview with Dwayne and Tamara Johnson. Again, continue to pray for their family and all of those of us out there who've suffered loss of any type. You're listening to The Raise the Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle, right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. We'll be right back with the second part of that interview. Hey, everyone. My name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with Royal Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202. Or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlo, on WKBY 1080 AM. One of the other things that was so buried so deep within that is that the Lord said to me, Tamara, do you not understand that your worth is not tied to you being a mother? Your worth is not tied to your children. You don't understand that you're good enough because I am good enough. I would not have gotten there had I not gone through all of this. Do I still wish that my baby was here? Yes, I should have a three-month-old sitting on my lap right now. Sure. Cooing and kicking and carrying all on. All over the court. All over the place. Okay, I should be covered in spit up and dookie diapers and all kinds of foolishness. (laughs) That's what should be going on. But that is not what happened. But God does not waste anything in your life. He uses everything, good, bad, ugly, right, wrong, indifferent. He uses it all to deposit lessons and and things that you need to know about yourself and His character is unchanging through all of it. The whole time that I was mad at God, I'm like, you're not who you say you are. You're not. And I'm like, whoa, sister, hold, dial that back. He is who he says he is. We don't understand why he does the things that he does and we're not supposed to. So when I'm questioning him on why, and that's why he says you ask 
and you have not. And when you do ask, yeah. you ask amiss because you do not really understand what you're asking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts, right? And so I'm only seeing it from my view, yeah. but he sees the whole big picture. Sure. And so from the moment that I found out that I was pregnant with Nathaniel, the first thing that I did was pray over him and say, baby, I don't know how you got here. I mean, I know, yeah. but I don't know <laughs> what what your purpose is, but I know you have destiny written all over you. Mm. I know that you have a purpose and you're going to fulfill it. And guess what? He, he did. did. He did. He did fulfill yeah. his purpose because he came for me. See, that's uh, and I was going to share that with you. Yeah. All right. The Lord had to take his life to save yours. Yes. yes. So if you don't, as you're seeing that now, yeah. you're ready for that. Yes. And when you began, when you shared the story, but when you found out, mm -hmm. the Lord had given me a vision mm -hmm. of how that took place. The way you described that mm -hmm. he had curled up in a ball and, mm -hmm. and gone to sleep. Yeah. He showed me the Lord had actually showed you so much love. He came personally. Yes. Yes. My baby boy came for me. He came for his But mama. not so much that, but God loved you so he yes, came he down sent. and got him yes. from you. Yes. And his body went to sleep. Yes. Perfectly peaceful. Yes. As he walked with Jesus. Absolutely. Back to him. Absolutely. So you know you were already visited. By yes. God. Absolutely. But I had to go through right. that anger. Yeah. I had to that anger was vicious. Yeah. That Grief is a peculiar thing. Yeah. And, and you know, it, the initial stages, it feels like it's going to snuff you out. That yeah. thing feels like it's going to like, yeah. I'm here to get you. Oh, yeah. That is not true. Yeah. Grief, it is peculiar, but it's necessary. Yeah. And there is a point of peace within the grief process yeah. when everything comes into view. Sure. And I would say the more you wrestle with grief the harder the process is. Yeah. There is that initial rest wrestling because your mind has to kind of come to terms oh, sure. with what has happened so sure. suddenly. Sure. But once you stop fighting the waves and you learn to flow with the currents, and you learn to ebb and flow. It doesn't mean that you're not going to still feel things. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're not going to still have moments of sadness. Sure. You're human. So you're going to have all of those feelings attached to it. But when you learn to ride the wave as opposed yeah. to trying to, you know, swim out of the wave, sure. just go with it. That's a good so for me, that looked like a lot of alone time. Um, a lot of journaling, crafting was my, and still is my place of peace because sure. I'm doing something creative. Sure. I'm getting rid of the angst, sure. that kind of, that unsettling, that kind of swims around in your heart and in your mind. And it, it gave me something to do, sure. um, you know, and then now I'm able to articulate before I couldn't talk about this without crying. Like I've, sure. I've wanted to cry many times in this podcast, sure. but I, I have something that I needed to say. So I'm sure. like, okay, girl, swallow that back. You can cry later yeah. before I couldn't control when the tears came. Sure. Now I'm, a, I have a little bit more control. I still have my moments sure. where I'm just like, I look at his sonogram pictures and I'm just like, Oh my God, like, yeah. Oh, I miss my baby. Sure. You know? Um, 
And that's never going to go away. And grief is not something that you get over. It's something that you live through. And so I am living through grief. My husband is living through grief. My children, we are living through through grief. And Nathaniel, even though he's not present in body, he's always with us. He's always with us. Sure. Everything that I do from this point on, my son will be with me. Sure. He's the reason why I'm here today. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, and so I realized last weekend, just last weekend, when I was able to see that full picture and I said to Dwayne, it's almost like I was saying God was not enough for me. Mm. And I realized being a mom, though very noble and a good thing, sure. became an idol. Wow. Out of the faulty belief, that's the only thing I'm good for. It separated you from God. Yes. 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 And, you know, for, 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 uh, for men, um, I wouldn't say this in general, but um, during my grieving process, I was you know, listening to a few different podcasts on grief. And, uh, you know, some of the men, well, majority of the men would dive into work. Mm-hmm. And they would try to do things that will try to let them forget yeah. what happened, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Whereas, you know, some of the other men that I listened to on this podcast, um, you know, they what they did was they were so... Uh, covered in the grief that they couldn't do anything. Lost mm-hmm. jobs, went into alcoholism, you know, drugs, smoke, whatever it is, sure. to try and snuff it out. Sure. But but either approach was not the good approach. Was not is was not approach where you cannot just ignore it. No. Yeah. You can't ignore it by working all the time, or you can't ignore it by putting yourself into a position where you're just so numb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, the Lord really showed me through this, that, and, and, and also Tamara, because there was a time where I was working so much that I forgot um, to take the time to grieve. Sure. Yeah. Right? Sure. So, you know, I, I may... I would be watching something and then all of a sudden, you know, a reaction came out. Sure. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Sure. And, you know, I remember Tamara saying to me, you know, the first thing you need to do is you can't bottle it up so much. Yeah. Because it's going to explode. Oh, yeah. So what you need to do is, and she would say, you just do, just take it out, release valve, just take it out a little bit, little by little, little by little. And... I started talking to the Lord and started asking the Lord. I was doing more talking. And then I decided, you know what? I'm just going to listen now. Mm, I need to listen. That's good. Because I think I'm doing so much talking that sometimes I feel like I was confusing myself. Mm -hmm. I was getting, you know, the more I talked, the more I spoke about things, the more I start to say things, it felt like I was not giving him the opportunity to, to speak, speak. To speak. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what I did was I said, Lord, please. You know, before, in from all my in all my years, 
when I walk with the Lord, he normally speaks to me when I'm sleeping. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I had sound sleep because I was physically tired. Yeah. Yeah. But I woke up and I never felt anything. So then I said, Lord, please start speaking to me again. Please act. Just, just, you know, I, w I want to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You know, that's good. And I, and I, I went to bed, slept and I had a dream. I had a dream about Nathaniel. Uh, I didn't know it was Nathaniel mm, at the cool. time. I I was dreaming that I was at a I was going somewhere. And just as a it was a long story, but the I'll just condense it. And I kept in I kept going to this field, this open field, and it was I know it was my land. I was on this land, and it was nice and green. But every but every time I walked out to the land, there was this one spat this one patch where it looked like someone just took my lawnmower and just drove right through it and just killed the grass. And I was so upset in that dream. I kept saying, Why who is doing this? Yeah. And I remember saying to Tamara in my dream, Why? Who is doing this? And there was this big tree in the middle. Of the land and it you know Tamara said well let's just see where this path goes let's see where they're going so we walked the path mm. and I ended up to this place where it was nothing but boys just young boys there and they were they were playing and they were you know hanging out and everything and before that I was actually I, I looked again and I went to another path and there was this house and the house was destroyed, like it was just mangled, just everything. And I went into the house to start picking out some things to see, oh man, maybe, you know, the people may need this. I was trying to help. Yeah. I didn't know whose house it was, but I saw people around and I was trying to help pick some stuff out. And to, the, to my right, I saw this little boy standing. So I saw him standing looking at me and I went over and I said, hey, you know, was this your house? Do you need help? Where are your parents? So I'm standing and I'm looking at him and I'm saying, where are your parents? You know, do you need me to carry to your parents? And he kept pointing at me. So I'm looking behind Boy, me to see who is he pointing at? So I, I, I said, okay, let me take you over. I saw this guy. So I took him over to the guy and I said, are you the person who is in charge of all these kids here? And he says, yes. So I said, okay, well, this little kid here was standing over by the house. He saw me pulling things out. And I said, and he said, oh, okay. So I, 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 uh, I said, I handed, handed the kid, the boy, off to this leader. So I went back. Then the dream changed. And I'm back in this land. And I'm saying, okay. Oh, the grass is nice and green. And then I saw that same thing again. And I said, who keeps mowing my lawn like this? So I said, okay, you know what? Let me do what Tamara says. Let me walk this path and see what's going on. So I walked the path and lo and behold, while I'm walking the path, I'm heading. All of a sudden I realize I'm not walking alone. I'm walking with Tamara. I'm walking my girls and we're heading to, uh, to, to this field. And before that, then they left 
Then they said, okay, we'll meet you there. So I said, okay. But I kept, I'm walking on this path still. And I heard some footsteps behind me. Mm. So turn around and it's the same kid that I saw that was looking at me, picking stuff through the rubble. And I said, oh man, you lost again? What's going on? Why, why are you still here? <laughs> so I said, you know, you need to go back to the, to the, to, to the leader who, who was taking care of the other kids. And um, he kept coming with me. So I said, where are your parents? Where are your parents? And he kept pointing. So I'm looking behind me and I'm saying, who is he talking about? I said, okay, you know what? Let me, let me, uh, come on. I'm not going to leave you here alone. Let me take you back to the field. I think that's where I'm going. I head back there and there was this bench and the leader was there. And I said, hey, um, you know, he said, oh, hey, Dwayne, what's going on? And I said, oh, you know, I saw this little, this little boy before I could say to him, I saw this little boy again. And, you know, let me just bring him back to you. He said, oh, I see you. Um, I see you brought your son with you. Wow. So I said, my son? And I said to him, you mean when I was asking you where your parents, you were pointing at me, you were saying that I was your, your parent? And, uh, and the guy said, yeah, this is your boy. Wow. And I said, is this Nathaniel? He said, yes, he's with me. <laughs> and I, I realized, Oh man, the Lord is saying to me, I have him. Have I'm here. He's about. here. You have nothing to worry about. You have nothing to worry about. I cried. I woke up in the morning and I told Tamara about it. And I said, You know, boy, he's good. He's really he's good. Okay. Do you know what he's the house okay. is represented? And the purpose was. When I was thinking about it, I said, Lord, you kept asking me, I kept saying, why is this person keep mowing this thing in my grass? Why? But everything wasn't perfect. Okay. It wasn't perfect. I, I, in my mind, the nice green grass, that was perfect because I did it. Yeah. 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 But then, <laughs> you know, I was so caught up in that one patch and that one patch kept me going and I I said let me just keep going and taking that step and as I looked at it I realized the Lord said listen everything is not going to be as perfect as your dream and everything is not going to be perfect as you envision it but one thing I need to let you know is that you know I brought your son. Mm -hmm. Your son is here with me. You don't have to worry about it. You know, and I was caught up on the patch. I was caught up on the fact that everything wasn't together yeah. Yeah. the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was so caught up on the fact that someone drove a lawnmower, that it was brown going through. And I was so caught up with the fact that this thing is brown, everything else is green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that brown spot, it took me, it gave me the answer yeah. that I was looking for. Yeah, got your attention. It got my attention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, 
And uh, I know, I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you for not, you know, not giving up on me. Yeah. You and know, for being so and patient. And so being so patient with me yeah. because when you, when, you, when you look at grief, you can go around and say, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But God knows your heart. Mm -hmm. God knows what's going on. Yes, he does. And we just have to really, it doesn't even take... Ten words. You just no, said, Lord. You speak can't to hide. Me. Yeah, you can't hide. Please, just your speak grief to me. from God. He knows. Yeah. He knows. He know. He knew I was mad at him. He knew Dwayne was angry. Yeah. You know, and I've never, in my relationship with the Lord, I've mm -hmm. never intentionally hid things from God. Yeah. Because what's the point in, yeah. in being in a relationship with Him? Yeah. If you're gonna hide things, yeah. so I've always kind of approached God with this very open, okay, Lord. Maybe I might need to get it a couple of times before it really sinks in, but yeah. don't leave me here. Yeah, you know, please, yeah. God, don't leave me here in this place because sure. my heart is that I do want to get better. I do want to grow. I yeah. do want to walk the path that you have set for me. But I understand that there's some things that I have to unearth yeah. sometimes. There's some lessons that I have to learn and relearn. And there's also some things that I have to unlearn um, in the process. Sure. But please just don't leave me this way yeah. because I don't want to be this way. I want to be what you created me to be. And I understand that that requires my participation. Sure. So just like when you're being rescued, you know, from the ocean, yeah. they drop a ladder down to where you are. You still have to climb that ladder. No one is going to climb that ladder for you. Right. And as bad as you want to get out of that ocean, it is a scary thing climbing that ladder because it's unstable. The wind is blowing. You got the propellers going and it's blowing you every which way and you are yeah. hanging on for dear life. Yeah. Yeah. And so your rescue process is not just a matter of somebody come and pluck me out of this water. You mm. have to participate with your rescue, which means that you have to look at the uncomfortable things. You have to to sit with the feelings oh, yeah. and, and it's so easy to numb out. But I want to say that's, that's not going to take you very far and that's not going to last long because yeah. as soon as the numbing wears off, guess who's there yeah. waiting like, Hey, are we going to do this today or not? Yeah. You know, and a lot of people have said to me, Oh, you're so brave. You're so courageous. I don't know if it's a matter of bravery or courage. At this point, for me, it, it was a matter of life and death. Yeah, yeah. It's not about being brave. Nobody joins the line and says, "Yeah, I want to sign up to have a miscarriage and become suicidal and you know be on antidepressants and you know." Yeah. Nobody signs up willingly for that. Yeah. But when you yeah. realize, wait a minute, the devil is trying to take me out. I want to live. Yeah. Yeah. I have a reason to live. Yeah. And it's not just my girls. I got stuff to do. Yeah. God has stuff for me to do. And if I leave right now, then the devil wins. Right. And he that. succeeded. I love the story, the journey. In fact, it took 
nine months. Yeah. The whole gestation exactly. period. Exactly. To give birth to these thoughts. Yes. And to what your relationship with God really, really is. Yes. Because without any of that, your your whole bloodline then becomes yeah. polluted with that Absolutely. that false that relationship. Faulty, That's right. Yes. So you've been able to cut that off. So yes. You, so your girls don't have to perpetuate that to their exactly. children's Absolutely. children. Exactly. Absolutely. So that is a huge exactly. fulfillment yes. of Nathaniel's Nathaniel life. Nathaniel had purpose. Oh yeah. And he fulfilled oh, yeah. his purpose. Oh, yeah. Little booger. <laughs> My little booger oh, yeah. fulfilled his purpose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He absolutely did. And so while I miss him, sure. I can say, thank you, God. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, that you loved me that much. Thank you, Jesus, that you loved me enough yep. to break me. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because I was broken. I'm still broke. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. But he loved me that much. And so what I want to say to anyone listening to this podcast that has lost their baby. To that mama, I wanna say, I'm sorry. I am so sorry that your heart is broken right now. And I understand the depths and the pain that you feel in your heart because I feel it every day still. And it is gonna take some time. And I can't tell you how long your time is gonna be. I can't tell you when your process will come to this point of understanding. All I'm gonna say to you is hang in there, hang on, keep going, do what you have to do. It's okay to cry, it's okay to be angry, it's okay to not be okay, it's okay to not go to things, it's okay to say no, it's okay. And it's okay to talk about your child. It's okay to say your baby's name. Those things help your heart to heal. Because you can't act like that didn't just happen. You can't. You know. Your body knew. It's okay. Say your baby's name. Give your baby a name. If you were early in pregnancy and you don't even know if it was a boy or a girl, give your baby a name so that your heart can make peace with what has happened and so that your child has a name yeah. and 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 understand this if this was your first baby sure and you lost your baby you're still a mommy yeah, yeah. you just parent differently now yeah that good. does not mean that you're not a mom so i want to encourage those women don't feel like you can't talk about your baby or you can't count your baby because society would have you believe oh well you lost a baby in the first trimester oh it, it, it that one didn't matter you can't count that one every baby counts yeah yeah every baby counts whether it was six weeks two minutes two seconds all the way to nine months every baby counts yeah. you know and just hang in there and I hated hearing, oh, it gets better. I hated hearing that in the beginning. Yeah. But it does get better. Yeah. But understand that your better is not going to look like my better. Exactly. So just, and don't keep looking for your better because that's something that I fell into. Yeah. When is it going to get better, God? When is it going to get better? When is it going to, nope. Don't look for your better. Just be Today, whatever today is, that's what today is. If it's a crying day, 
It's a crying day. I like the point when you were saying that it led me to the thought of it gets better when it gets better. Yeah. Yes. It's going to get better, but it gets better when yeah. it gets better. And I can't right. tell you when that is. Yeah. You, yeah. Only God knows when that is. And you'll know when that time comes. Yeah. You'll know. Because I'm telling you, last weekend, I knew. That was my moment of recognition of, okay, I see a light now. Because you text me, I think it was last Sunday yes. or Saturday. Yes, Saturday. yeah. And uh, we were still on in Orlando. Yes, yes. And I was like, okay. Well, I remember, what were we going to talk about? Right. I don't know. Right. But I got something to get up my I chest. got, yep. I was like, okay. Yeah, because well. I was in, we were like literally light bulb on. Yeah. All the lights in the house are on and yeah. we're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I so did not see that. Oh my gosh, this is what it was about all along. Oh my gosh, I love my son even more. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. I love him even more. And we had to, you know, one thing we want to say to the listeners also is to be in the moment. Yeah. Be in the moment, not yeah. try to go ahead. Mm-mm. Too far ahead. Slow, Don't try to slow try to and not try to look too far behind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, just be in the moment yeah. and allow God to to do what He intends to do yeah. mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, because um, yeah, last week it was we just said, Lord, just do whatever. We're we are here. We're we went out on our date. We were just having a good conversation. Um, you know, and, you know, just looking at how God has brought us right up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. And and in all of that, in all through the grief, he still provided for oh, us. Yeah. He still, you know, put food on the table. Mm-hmm. He still and allowed he still sent to be people. Due. And he still sent the right people, people, the right people yes. to... to um, to be alongside you know, of us alongside. because it, yes. it, it's such a very vulnerable place. Oh, yeah. And well, even for you to be here on air. Yeah. Because this is yes. about to air all over. Yes. yes. And to sharing to help. Yeah. And I loved the part of your the dream the Lord gave you about mm-hmm. your son in the house. That's why I kept going back to asking, what does the house mean? What does the house mean? Have, have you thought through it? But, yes. But the Lord showed me that the house could possibly mean the house was your family and the devastation there. Yes, yes. And absolutely. you were trying to fix yes. it. You were trying, yes. to get, I'm trying to get something out of here to help to someone else. Because yes. you know the words you're using. Yes. I'm trying to help fix. Absolutely. You know, so you're, it means a lot. Everything in there, the symbols have meaning. It, it, absolutely. It has value. It has power. And it, it, the Lord yeah. answered your prayer. Yes, yes. he did. He said, Lord, he talk did. to me again. Yes. yes. In your dream. Yes. Like I just came from a, a conference last night where I'm going to do sound again tonight where this is a season when the Lord is speaking loud to people in our dreams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand, well, no, no, cancel those words. We have to ask the Lord, like you yes. all have done, to tell us, what do these mean? Yeah. What do these symbols yes. mean? What do the images mean? What do the feelings and impressions mean mm-hmm. in this time? Because they'll mm-hmm. help you unlock what the Lord is trying to tell you. Right, right. Just like you just guys got just this time, but yeah. you were open to. Yes. yes. And that. that's the key. Yeah. That right there is the key. Yeah. Because in the beginning, I was not open and I knew I wasn't open. Yeah. I didn't want to hear from God. Yeah. Even though I was questioning him, sure. I really didn't want the answer. Yeah. I just wanted to be mad at him. Yeah. And yeah. I just wanted to let him know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I am mad at you. Sure. But but it, along the way, through counseling, through specific people that God sent my way sure. that I had no idea 
it would be those people. Sure. Because one thing that I have learned in this process is sure. when you go through something like this, it's not going to be the people that you think no. that right. will support you. No. Okay. It can be the people you even want exactly. to support you in so many Because cases. guess right. what? Not everybody is built for that journey. Right. Mm-hmm. It takes special people. So I know who my special people are. Yeah. And when I tell you, um, first of all, let me say, it, it has to be a safe place. It has to be. Yes. It has to be. There ha- it has to be a judgment-free yeah. zone because they are seeing you literally at your worst. So it can't just be anybody. No. Um, I struggled with be. that and it shouldn't be. Yeah. I struggled with that because the people who I expected to be there and who could not be there, I was so mad at them. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe this person didn't call me. I cannot believe that this person said this to me. Like, do they not know what I just went through? But it's like they were out to lunch. Like yeah. they just couldn't get it. Yeah. Now on the backside of it, yeah. even though I'm still a little salty, <laughs> I will admit that. <laughs> I'm I'm human and I'm a work in progress, but I'm learning not to hold it against them because they can't give me what I need. They can only love you the way that they can love you. Amen. Exactly. And so I can't hold it against them that they don't understand. Now, let me also say this, though, to the listeners who have never experienced miscarriage yeah. and infant loss and sure. child loss. If you're wanting to be an encouragement to that family member, loved one, friend, there are some things that you need to know. Sure. Okay? I already said what not to say. <laughs> okay? But you can see her face. Please right do not do that. <laughs> yeah. Because you will catch a case. Like, yeah. I, my tongue was primed and ready, locked and loaded yeah. for some very ungodly answers sure. Sure. <laughs> to some of the comments that have come my way. Yeah. Um, but what you can do is you can ask the grieving, what do you need yeah. in terms of how can I support you in this moment? Whether it be a meal, whether it be let me take your dog for a walk, whether it be um, let me come and um, clean something for you. And then for those two, on the same point, yeah. some of it's just. To continue to ask respectfully at the right time. Yes, at the right, right time. time. Because yeah, because they may not want you in their space. Like, they may not know I didn't they want anybody right. in my space, right. but it would have been nice to get flowers or a card, which sure. some people did do those things. Or and I'm nice great, grateful for thoughts. that. Or just sure. to let me know that's that you're thinking you know. about yeah. me. And importantly, when you do see the person again, please don't act like you don't know that they just had a miscarriage or yeah. lost their baby. Yeah. A lot of times you don't know what to say. Guess what, guys? It's okay to say, you know what? I kind of don't know what to say to you. Yeah. So can can I ask you, what what are you okay talking about? I don't want to offend you and I don't want to trigger you. I don't want to make you cry, but I, I care for you and I am concerned and I want to express that, but I want to do it in a very gentle and loving way. But that's the elephant in the room. Yes. Yes. That nobody wants to talk about. But it's in the way. We can't even see around it because it's it's, it's blocking you. And until you deal with the elephant. Yeah. Then the elephant gets up and walks away. Exactly. Then we can deal and talk. And I want you all to know it's okay to ask the grieving mom. What are you okay talking about? 
and let her tell you. Yeah. Don't shy away from it and and be like, well. Because uh, that's more more embarrassing and more frustrating to the hurting. Yes. Because yes. you, you, you're disregarding my feelings by not yes. acknowledging it. I yes. still speak English. That's right. Exactly. You may not know what to say to exactly. me. Exactly. Right. But you can still talk to me. Right. Exactly. Tell right. me you love me. Tell me yes. you love me. Don't say nothing. Right. But don't avoid me either. Yeah. Right. Don't avoid the eye contact. Yes. Right. And don't treat me like I have the plague or something. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, it's yeah. not contagious. Right. Grief is not contagious. Grief is not contagious, guys. It's individual. Unique. Yeah. I'm like please. <laughs> Grief is not contagious. Grief is not contagious. <laughs> no. You know. It's not gonna get on your food. It's not like cooties. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. If I sneeze, if I right. cry, you're not right. gonna catch it. That's yeah. Right. You may catch a case if you don't treat Exactly. It right. And right. and also don't rush me in my grief. Yeah. yeah don't right. say things like, Are you all better now? Are you okay Are you now? Okay? Oh, I've been asked that several yeah. times. Are you done now? <laughs> Are you serious? I appreciate you guys for coming. Thank for, you for, for having thank us. You for having reasons. us. I mean, because that lets me know that you feel that it's safe yes, here. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And that that says a lot. Because um, what you guys probably haven't known is that during the time away, Caden has probably made more cakes and, pot and cheesecakes. Not just wow. cheesecakes, but cakes. He's a fearless baker. Wow. Oh, he and Ryan both have a home ec class or a cooking class. Or mm -hmm. I'd say right, a culinary class uh -huh. at their high school. Class. And awesome. so they've come home and they've made, you know, things or they miss school. They have to make up their assignment by right. baking yes. at the house or whatever oh, they're doing at home. Awesome. But Caden is just making stuff. He's made cheesecakes for his dance teams oh or parties. He's, he took the uh, that pound cake recipe that we got mm -hmm. from their aunt. Joyce mm -hmm. from Cleveland and he says dad I want to make the pancake but you know you're busy I said tell you what I'll send you the recipe he came back and asked me one question oh my gosh and he's baked more pound cakes now that better than and I wasn't doing I was barely making I was excited mm -hmm. proud of what I was doing <laughs> but he's got me beat the that. teacher has become the student oh my gosh yes. so making, they learned how to make um, banana bread mm. oh he's made mm -hmm. banana bread here that is um, awesome. This other stuff he's made is just because. Yeah. And yes. it's nothing for him to do it. He's coming up, Dad, I want to try this now. We've done dumplings. I want to do this and some meringue cookies that yeah. Ryan was making because he had to make it in class, mm -hmm. but he missed the day or sick. Mm. So they're doing them here. Yeah. And they don't have any fear. Yeah. So you have legacy here. Yes. And the kids are still doing oh my God. what you've taught them to do. Yeah. So yeah, you've got to continue because you yeah. guys have 20 20 clarity. So yeah. 20 in the prophetic as a prophetic number is right. a number for expectation and mm. waiting expectancy mm -hmm. and yes. waiting so if you're expecting god to move yes you were expecting yes. and you were expecting to have had a child to deliver and be holding mm -hmm. but you're still holding him yes. like right. you've already said you're you're holding the move of god so yes. with 2020 right. lord is reminded us it's a double expectancy mm. so it's double blessings that mm. we have yes. that is coming for mm -hmm. us you, for right now and for the lord to have given you the nine months you got the expectancy yeah. from him you got the birth through him yeah for this now so you can now have clarity that's mm right -hmm. into this next decade yes. which right. you needed for your family the lord couldn't allow you to go into 2020 right with your vision of what he was yeah right so he had to clear all yes. of that up absolutely that's right. at every cost yes that's right so that's that right so he exerted his own power mm -hmm. to develop a life within you mm -hmm. that was from the both of you yeah to destroy everything that you mm -hmm. knew mm -hmm. to rebuild it back so you now have a yes. clean clear vision exactly. as to what he wants from you yeah so and the last thing you know you break a bone 
Yeah. You break a plate, you put it back together. Mm-hmm. Those bones of plates will never break again. Mm-hmm. Right. In mm-hmm. the same places. That's mm-hmm. right. You'll never hurt that way again. Mm-hmm. No one mm-hmm. will ever be able to take from you and make you think that you're anything right. other than what right. God's chosen you Absolutely. to be. Absolutely. That's right. Ever again. again. That's right. Mm-hmm. That is right. You're 100% right. Thank you, Jesus. He knows what he's doing, guys. That's what he's doing. He knows. Pray for us. Pray for our listeners. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your heart towards us. We thank you, Father, for loving us. We thank you, Father, that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. And Lord God, we pray that as we close this podcast out, Lord God, we pray that you will touch the hearts of all the listeners, Lord God. We pray, Father, that you will reach out to each and every one who is experiencing grief in different ways, Lord God, regardless of whatever grief that they're going through. We pray, Father, that you will reach out to them, Lord God. And we pray, Father, that the listeners will call on you, will say, speak to me, Lord, Mm. speak to me, Mm -hmm. because the relationship it starts now. Yes. It is there. It has been there for yes. those who have been walking with you, Lord. And for those who have never walked with you, Lord, the relationship is there and it starts now. So we pray, Father, that you will just spread your Holy Spirit yes, right through Lord. the airwaves, Lord yes, God. Jesus. We pray, Father, that you will touch each and every listener yes, right God. now yes. as they listen to this podcast. Father, we give you all the honor and glory and we thank you. For all that you are doing yes, Lord. for us, we pray, Father, that you will bless each and every one here. We pray that you will bless each and every one of the listeners, Lord God, yes, God. On, the pod- on the podcast, Lord God. And we pray, Father, that this year, 2020, will be a year, Lord God, that you will see, that we will see your divine power move yes, Lord. throughout our land, our country, Lord God. We give you all the honor and glory, and yes, we thank you, thank you Jesus. in advance, Lord Jesus, thank you, for all that you're doing for us, Lord God, and for all that you have done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. WKBY 1080 AM. We keep blessing you.